Welcome, everyone, to Authors on the Air. I'm your host, Pam Stack. We're proud to be part of the Authors on the Air Global Radio Network. Normally, um, first Monday, open mic night, is the day I invite all authors who are releasing a book during the month, a new book, to come on the show to tell me all about their books and tell listeners. Um, I've been advertising it. I've been posting it. I've been telling everybody about it. But I decided since my friend Kathy Ace and I have been trying to get together that this would be her night for interview. So all the way from from Canada, please welcome crime writer Kathy Ace. Hi, Kathy. Welcome, finally. Hello. It's lovely to be here at last. How are you? Uh, I am so good, and I'm so sorry I'm going to miss you when you're in Miami, but you know I will be thinking about you, and I hope that you have a fabulous vacation when you hop on the cruise ship. Oh, I think I might. I'll raise a glass of bubbles to you while I'm in Miami, Please and then do. who knows? I might I might do a few while we're tootling around the Caribbean a bit, you know? I, I think you oh, should. Caribbean. I think you should. Caribbean. Yes, the, well, that's the way I say it because, you know, I was born and raised in Miami. <laughs> so, but yeah. uh, either, either way, I know what you're talking about. And, um, you know, Kathy, you and I have talked about doing this for a while. It's so funny. And then I was, I pulled up your your Amazon page and your web page. And I just want to tell people a, a little bit about you that they may not know. So people say that you are an entertaining speaker. Over the years, you've chatted engagingly, made complex PowerPoint presentations. Um, you read your work or hosted or been an MC for various events. You've done events diverse as I got to hear about this one too a plant nursery in Canada a livery <laughs> hall in the city of London and a grade 12 schoolroom. now having your own post degree in marketing communications um, in the UK for a decade and have traveled the world as a management trainer you can now take all that experience and be edutaining, as you as you say. You're funny, insightful, and you can speak to topics ranging from the broad base of the history of the, of the mystery to the more intimate and personal topics, such as how you plan, plot, and write your best-selling mysteries. You have got an armload of books in your <laughs> book bag. How many <laughs> books have you actually written? Well, that's an interesting question. Um, it, it would be 13 novels plus a collection of short stories and a collection of novellas. So I'm, I'm working at the moment. My work in progress at the moment will be my 14th novel. Um, it'll be the wow. ninth in the series of the Kate Morgan mysteries. And I'm very nice. excited about it at the moment. But What's really nice is I get a chance to, when I speak to people, talk about the whole range. It is quite a lot of books, isn't it? That's sort of crept up on me a bit, to be honest with you, Pam. It's, um, I, it, you, you it's amazing. You plow through them and they accumulate. Yes, <laughs> books do. They do. <laughs> you know, um, I want to talk about Kate Morgan because um, you have such a delightful accent, and I want people to know that you're Aww. you were from Wales originally, and that you emigrated to Canada, where you've lived for quite a while now. So yeah. Kate Morgan is kind of sort of based on you as far as your background is concerned. She's Welsh Canadian. She's a criminology professor and a sleuth she travels all over the world tripping over corpses i know you don't do that but, but, but <laughs> i hope i hope or i'd be calling you jessica fletcher uh, and not want to live in your end of the of the world um correct you seem to have taken your love of writing and you and i share the love of nancy drew and agatha christie and and also your travels because all of your books feature such fabulous covers. Tell me how you dreamt up Kate. Oh, gosh. Well, you're quite right, yes. For those people listening to this who've never heard me, this is an approximation of a Welsh accent. I, I haven't lived in Wales now. I've lived in Canada for 20 years. So I know it's got a few of the edges and the knocked off it you know the the peaks are a bit lower and the valleys are a little higher but 
this is essentially a Welsh accent. But yes, I, I'll always be Welsh and I'll always be becoming Canadian because I'm I'm here now and a, a Canadian gal. But I wanted when I brought Kate to the page to bring something of what I knew of as my experience when I started writing her. She's, as you said, she's also a Welsh woman who's emigrated to Canada. Um, mm. And when I started writing the books, the, the first one came out in 2012 so that's eight years ago now she'd been in Canada for about a decade which I had but in the way that happens in fiction she's aging a lot more slowly than I am so she's <laughs> she's still rel- relatively fresh in terms of her experience in the world but but you're right in, in my previous life running a, a marketing training company I used to travel all over the world working on a contract basis for country uh, for companies in different countries um so i i spent an awful awful lot of time in amsterdam for example where i would wow. train up non-marketing managers to become marketing managers for a car manufacturer or in budapest where i would train up um, account executives for a, a group of advertising agencies just to become account directors. So over 10, 20 years, I was able to travel a great deal for business, but also adding on the days that you can add on to these trips so you get to see, feel, smell, touch, learn about these places for real rather than just airport, hotel, hotel, airport. Um, right. And I love traveling because I love finding out about new cultures, new history. I love to see architecture in its location. I love to go to art galleries and so on. And because of all of that passion in me, I thought if Kate goes to a different country each book, I can share my enthusiasm for that country through the lens of her being a visitor there. On the basis that I know that when you visit somewhere as an outsider who knows they're just passing through, you you don't really get the whole of the culture. But it gave me a chance to introduce characters who were of that culture, had been of that culture for generations. So I could give a little bit of insight from that perspective. Then there are the people who've been there maybe 30 or 40 years. They'll always be incomers, but they kind of contributed to that society themselves. Then, you know, the next group that comes, they are the people who move to a place because they love it. And when they get there, what do they try and do? Immediately change it. Change um, it, so yes. I, I'm always, yeah, I'm always fascinated by that dimension. And then finally, as I say, the, the, the person who's just visiting. And Kate always gets to be a visitor, but she also always gets to examine the tension that exists between those different types of inhabitants because that can be a very real tension and, and she needs to pick her way through that as well as through the clues to whichever puzzle, plot, who done it mystery she's faced with in each book. And I, I do like it. And the covers, thank you for mentioning covers. When I was working with the publisher at the very beginning, I wanted those covers to look like um, slightly aged travel posters. Um, yes. So each cover does relate to the country or locale where that book is set. Um, and I, I hope, therefore, that they encourage people who like the idea of a bit of armchair travel to pick up a book rather than having to pick up their passport. Oh, I love it. It's perfect. Um, you know, I also noticed that you, for a while, wrote strictly nonfiction books as in your capacity as um, a marketing professional. And um, I did. Are, are those, those are certificated, uh, certificate earned um, books. You are talking about promotional planning for e-business and you, you did a, quite a few other things, successful marketing and communications. That's really, really important stuff when you're going to be a writer. Um, so, which begs the question, um, I know that you've always loved books, and I have too. Um, which came first, the the nonfiction professional things or the mysteries? 
Well, again, you're so good at these question things because that's a very telling <laughs> one right there. Um, to, a, a, a bit of a sandwich situation coming along here, Pam. Back in, okay, pin back your legos. Here comes a story. It was back okay. in the 1980s, if you can remember back that far. And um, I can. I, uh, <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> my, my, my younger sister was on vacation in Spain, and I was doing my sisterly duty. I'd gone to the airport to pick her up from her flight, and it was delayed. Now, I'm not someone who's ever been a, a person who reads magazines. I'm, I'm just not a magazine person. But I was stuck at the airport. I'd forgotten a book. There's a lesson to be learned, or maybe not. Um, and I picked up a magazine. <laughs> On the cover of the magazine, it said, Murder and Be Published. Well, of course, the word murder caught my attention because I've always been a reader of the Nancy Drews, the Agatha Christie's, and so on. Right. So I picked that up, read it, and there was a competition in the magazine to write a short story with a main character who was female. Didn't say protagonist, antagonist, just the main character had to be female. And the prize was to be published in an anthology of short stories along with proper authors, you know, people who were paid to write stuff. So I, I read, the, read the magazine, took it home with me when I collected my sister, thought nothing more about it, except I'd been sort of cogitating on a sort of story. Anyway, it suddenly came to be that the closing deadline was a couple of days away. And I thought, oh, I'd better do this then. At the time, I was uh, working in sales for a company that printed self-adhesive labels. And one of our big clients was Marks & Spencer's. Now, Marks oh, & Spencer's yeah. headquarters is on Baker Street in London. And we all know yes. why Baker Street is famous. I've, I've been so there, I actually, sat, to m and yeah. so. <laughs> yeah. I, I sat in, a, in a, a parking structure just off Baker Street in London. And I hand wrote this short story. So I must have been channeling a bit of Conan Doyle or something at the time. Because yeah. a, a friend of mine typed it up. I, I literally hand-delivered an unproofread copy of the manuscript the next day to the the offices of this magazine. And lo and behold, it was one of the five stories that was published in the anthology. So I was absolutely oh my beside myself with glee. I was chuffed a bit. Um, anyway, I went to the book launch and met these wonderful professional authors and, you know, wanted to bow and scrape and all of that. And I sure. said, this is wonderful, but... I by that time I just set up my own business. I just incorporated. I mortgaged my flat to the hilt in order to have the money to establish the business. And you can't just walk away from that sort of debt and devotion no. because you've had no. one short story published. So I have to admit that was it. In terms of crime fiction, I was done for the next 20 years. The lovely thing that happened was that short story was picked up and it was re-anthologized into a book that was put onto the 16-year-old English language syllabus in um, the UK. It was The, the foreword was by the wonderful Peter Lovesey. Uh, he oh, had yes. a couple of short stories in it. Dick Francis had a short story in it. They were all oh authors whose names I knew, and I was the only right. person I'd never heard of. Anyway, <laughs> kind of, the, the, uh, fast forward on that. I'm delighted that a couple of years ago I managed to get Peter Lovesey to actually sign that book that my story was into on his story. And Felix Francis, bless him, he said, oh, my yeah. God, I've got a story in that book. I said, yes, he has. I said, I would have loved to have got him to sign it. He said, oh, well, I can do a very good Dick Francis signature, you know, darling. So he did Aww. a Dick Francis signature for me. So that Aww. was lovely. But that, that was it. I was, you know, it was re-anthologized. And then it was, um, I got on with running the business. I got on with all of this lovely business travel that I did. And then in 1999, I, I'd managed to grow the business into what was the largest of its type in Europe. I was very fortunate. I worked very hard, but I was very fortunate too. And I sold it. And I moved to Canada. Um, and at that point, I still had a contract to write two more textbooks. And through that period, I'd written marketing textbooks and, and so forth. So it was at that point, it was nothing further from my mind to carry on with crime fiction writing. But I was approached by the lovely uh, British actor Martin Jarvis and his wife. Mm -hmm. 
who were wanted to produce that original short story for BBC Radio Four. So they wow. did that. My yeah, mum and dad just, almost I exploded have with pride. I have to stop right here and say, wow, you sat in the parking lot on off Baker near M&S. You hand wrote a short story the day before it was due. And here we are 20 years later. You've gotten Francis' son, Peter Lovesey, and now a call to turn it into a script for BBC Four. You know, who would have ever thought? Who would have ever thought? That is quite a story that no one else is going to be able to tell. You were destined to write these books. Now, hold on just one second because we have a call coming in. Let's see who's calling. Hi, area code 703. This is Pam, and you're on the air. Who's this? Pam, hi. It's Alan Orloff. Alan Orloff. My (laughs) goodness, you got my message. Alan, say hi to Kathy A's. I'm good. How are you? We're taking us just a a little pause here, Kathy, because my friend Alan has decided for some reason that he wants to move to Florida. Have you arrived yet, Alan? We have. We have. We're in lovely Deerfield Beach at the moment, and we were out in shorts and short sleeves today, and it was marvelous. And mm-hmm. I tell you, the reason I called you is because I, I or contacted you is because I get the newsletter from Murder by the Beach Bookstore, and I saw that yes. you were signing there on the 22nd, I believe, and I thought, That's correct. I should really shoot Alan Orloff a note and make a mention yes. that, you know, you've not been on this show, I don't think, or not as a, uh, a regular inter- interview, so I thought, maybe you'd like to pop over and tell us about your book. So Kathy's with me for the rest of the time, and we're going to hear how she got into mystery. But let's talk about your new book, which just which is just releasing from Down and Out Books. Tell us the name, please, Alan. Sure. It's called I Know Where You Sleep, and it'll be out next Monday from, as you said, Down and Out Books. And I'm very excited because although it's my ninth book published, it's my very first private eye novel. So, you are known I mean, I for yeah. you're known for winning tons of awards for a lot of your short stories and and all. Um, how many full length books have you written besides all the short stories? Well, like like I said, this is my ninth. This will be my ninth published novel. Ninth one. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. And you, uh, yeah, like been, I, I been, you've been given quite a lot of awards for your writing. You and your lovely wife are kind of like the dynamic duo. Well, don't get me confused with Art Taylor and Tara Laskowski. Oh, that's right. That's I'm a different, sorry. That's, that's, that's a different, different but I did, writing I, one. You're right. But, but you last, have one. Last year, last year yep. I, had, uh, I was fortunate enough to win two awards. Yes. Uh, the Derringer Award and the Thriller Award. So, yeah, that's uh, very exciting. Tell us about your book. Okay. Uh, well, it's, uh, it's a, sort of a different take on the Private Eye novel. It's a brother and sister who run an agency sort of together. Now, the brother, Anderson West, he's the guy in charge. Okay. And he brought his uh, near-do-well sister into the firm because no one else would hire her. <laughs> so she goes about, and she's, uh, she's one of those classic uh, loose cannon rule breakers. <laughs> and... Uh, so, so Anderson's always trying to rein her in, and she sort of has her own agenda. So it's kind of interesting. It was, it was fun writing it. You know, it was, I had fun writing it because uh, I could write sort of the typical uh, private eye novel from Anderson's point of view, and then I right. could get into Carrie's head, and I could just be really nasty and go wild and be vigilante. And it was, it's, it, I think it provides a nice counterpoint. My brother would say, why did you choose a story about he and I? <laughs> My brother is <laughs> a very responsible attorney and his wacko sister who, for a hobby, you know, talks to thousands of authors every year or so and does not walk <laughs> the straight line all the time. Um, yeah. You are, you're now settled in Florida. Is this, uh, your, your book signing in, in uh, Delray Beach, is that going to be your first one or are you planning yes. on stopping in other places do you are well, you on book my, tour that'll be my 
that'll be my first launch, and I'm calling it my my South Florida launch. Uh, right. I'll also be back up in uh, in the D.C. area on <laughs> April 4th for another uh, my Northern Virginia launch at One More Page Books, and uh-huh. I'm doing um, I'm doing a lot of conferences and conventions this year, so I'll be out really? at Left Coast Crime, Left Coast Crime, and then Sleuth Fest, and then Malice. And then BoucherCon, and uh, may squeeze another one in there somewhere too. I will see you at SleuthFest. I always pop over there to say hello to everyone, even though I, I don't go to the conference itself. So we'll have to sit together in front of the the virtual studio the and talk some more. You will probably yeah. see me at the bar. Yeah. <laughs> where yeah. else, you know? <laughs> uh, um, tell everyone where they can find you on the web and what your social My media website. is. Sure. My website's uh, www.alanorloff.com, and I'm on Facebook at the same name, and I'm on Twitter, and I'm always looking for people to uh, interact with me online because I'm, I always look for ways to procrastinate. So I ah. appreciate how, how long is this book? I know where you sleep is how many pages? It's about uh, 80,000 words. So wow. pages or so. Yeah. So that's not yeah. a small so book. That's a That's a no, that's it's a good kind size. of a typical. Yeah. Now, how many books yeah, a year do you write, Alan? I try to get one out a year. So, I I did not I published something in 2018 and did not have anything last year, but the beginning of this year I have something. So, and I'm in a, wow. I have a couple of um, short stories coming out in the anthologies this year too as well. So I have. Who a story are you doing anthologies in, with? Uh, it's this, the anthology is called Swamp Killers, and it's edited by Sarah Chen and your friend Ed Amar. Right. And that comes out from uh, Down and Out Books as well in March. And I have a story coming out in a very cool project. I don't know when exactly in this uh, 2020 it'll be out. It's all the songs in it were inspired by Joni Mitchell. I mean, all the stories were inspired by Joni Mitchell songs. So who is put? I heard about that one. Who's putting that one out? That's coming out with, I believe, Untreed Reads, and Josh Pactor is the. That's who it that. is, Josh. Yep. Yeah. That's Josh. who it was. Yep. I was talking to Josh about that one. Um, okay, Kathy, yeah. any? Do you want? Uh, Alan, would you like to ask Kathy Ace any questions? And Kathy, would you like to say anything to Alan? <laughs> Kathy, hi. <laughs> nice, you, nice talking to you. We always. Uh, I always, whenever I'm at a conference and I see Kathy coming, I know I'm about to get a nice bubbly hello. She's one of the most <laughs> cheerful people in the mystery community. She really is. Oh, right? I'm just so happy yeah. killing people, you know? <laughs> yes, I know. I, I, see, I know I the real reason why you're want... smiling. <laughs> I do actually want to say something to Alan. Alan is an alumni of the um, Seven Criminal Minds blog. That's right. Mm-hmm. And when yes. I joined Seven Criminal Minds, which is in fact ten authors, five of us blog one week, five of us the next. Don't ask why it's called Seven Criminal Minds. I've no idea. But Alan was there long before me, and he held my hand and brought me into the fold. So, Alan, why is Seven Criminal Minds called Seven Criminal Minds when there were ten of us? I okay. I I have a theory because I don't know either. That predated me, but I think it's, I think everybody had a day of the week, including the weekends. Yeah. So it was seven criminal minds. Because you're right, Kathy. It's an excellent blog, because it's uh, and it's a little different than some of the other blogs, the other group blogs, because there's a question that all the bloggers have to answer. Right. Yeah, yeah. It's we treat it like a panel, don't we? Right. So there's a panel exactly. question for the week, and five authors answer that question that week, and then another question the next week. And uh, right. But, oh, okay. I thought you'd know. I thought you'd have a definitive answer. No. But I guess no. that it was seven. You know, seven days of the week, and some poor devils got stuck with Saturday and Sundays when people right. were running around doing forty-two million other things. So they never got <laughs> right. the coverage. But um, but yes, it's and they figured so, we'll, we'll, ask, we'll ask three more people. To, I'm sorry, they no, figured no, they'll no, ask three yes. more people so they don't have to blog every other week. 
Yes, exactly. And and I have to say that every single one of you guys, every single one of the bloggers on Seven Seven Criminal Minds are excellent. I've been reading this since I first got started this podcast eight or nine years ago. You can go to seven, the number seven, criminalminds.blogspot.com and sign up to get the newsletter. Um, There is a new one today, uh, Diversity on the Written Page by Brenda Chapman. And so that is the one that's up for today. But go for sure and, and sign up to get one of the this one's been around for a long time, I think. Am I right, Alan? It, it, yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah, it has been. Cap. Yeah. yeah. It's, How it's long has it been around for a long time? I've been with it a few years now, and I know that this month, being Black History Month, we've actually liaised with authors of color. So that we've come up with four different questions for the month that somehow address that issue and allow us to celebrate Black History Month in. 20 different ways with 20 different blogs through the month. So I hope people will take a chance to read it. I hope so too. Um, Alan, welcome to Florida. Um, I think I posted that you had your introduction to the palmetto bug and, um, (laughs) that thing was so big. Oh my gosh. (laughs) They get huge. And actually, you know, you'll learn because you're now in Florida, as I told you that there are, a uh, palmetto cockroach races with giant palmetto bugs and um they do fly i don't think they bite although they're gross and when they reproduce you have to move because you can never get rid of them <laughs> so and they they uh, live that's in today, the, that's today's broadcast on behalf of the florida tourism authority yeah? it really is it, well you know don't forget we also had we had falling iguanas We've had alligators on golf courses and in people's pool. We had snakes coming in through people's sliding glass doors and open windows. So you really don't have to go far to find a good inspiration for a story. All you need to do is pick up any Florida newspaper. I highly recommend um, Craig Pittman's page in the Tampa Times and the Miami Herald. You can't go wrong there. I mean, you know, we, we... we have Dave Barry and Carl Hyacin and Paul Levine out of the Miami Herald and then, you know, all the crazy ones on the Southwest coast where I am. So um, welcome to Florida. I, I'll see you at Sleuth Fest. I'm so glad you yes. called and good luck yes. with your book. All right. Well, thanks so much for having me on. And uh, I want to thank you for all you do for the um, mystery writing community because it's really a oh, lot. Thank, I know um, oh, I speak for everyone when we say we appreciate that. Oh, thank you so much. That's so kind of you. Thank you so much, Alan. Have a great evening, and I'm so happy you called in. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. So here we are back with my friend Kathy, who had to take a deep breath because she was talking about her nonfiction work, and when she sold her business, Kathy Ace decided that 20 years before when she had written, hand-scribbled this little short story that turned out to be a winner – in an anthology she's gotten the call that they're going to turn her her little short story into a film project for bbc4 now for those of you who have streaming television bbc2 and 4 are really a lot of fun to watch if you have a chance to watch them i i don't own a tv at home but when i was in london this this past um, October, I was glued to it. <laughs> the shows are just so ridiculous. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so then, to be fair, BBC BBC Radio Four is a radio show, so uh, it's an afternoon radio program. Oh, so it's, it's that's even voice, more fun. Which is wonderful. That's, it's just voice, which is wonderful. So it's, it's a reading production. Oh, how wonderful! I love that even more because. As we speak, I'm in my jammies already, and so I'm so glad that it's not a streaming <laughs> service, you know, with, with cats all over the place. I haven't picked it. I haven't vacuumed yet today, so, you know, it's all good. That's okay. Tell me if, That's okay. I haven't got me, my glasses on, so I wouldn't see it. Oh, thank you. You're, just, you're, you're so good to me. Kathy, what was the first published mystery book? Besides the one in the anthology, I mean the full length. Well, that, I went through a bit of a process. That, that that one that ended up on the radio, very shortly thereafter, my, my dad died. 
And I realized that was the spur I needed to get me writing fiction. But I didn't dive straight into a novel. I've got to be honest with you and say it, it didn't occur to me for one minute that I was possibly up to writing a novel. So having done one short story, my little brain said, well, why not write some more short stories and see how that goes? So I did. I had one. It starts with January the 1st. Today is the first day of the year when I killed George. So I thought, oh, that's a January story. Why don't I write 11 more and have a year full of murders, one per month? So that was that thought process. Um, and I really enjoyed writing those. And I thought, oh, I know. Let's see if I can write something a bit longer because I still didn't think I had a novel in me. So I'd set a bit of a pattern. So then I wrote four novellas. One for each season of the year. You can get the theme now, can't you? And yes. um, I actually got those <laughs> two self-published, and I did what you're not supposed to do. So any anybody listening to this, do not do this. It worked for me, but, you know, I took a copy of each book. I wrapped them in a ribbon, and I, I made a ransom letter, you know, by cutting letters out of the newspaper. Yes. And I sent the books with the ransom letter to a local publisher, begging them to release the characters. So they're oh, being a Canadian God. publisher, and they're only being one Canadian character in these recurring characters I created, Kate Morgan. They said, submit a novel, submit a manuscript for a novel for this character, and we'll take a look at it. Well, Everybody who's ever wanted to be published knows how tough it is to get a publisher to say they'll even take a look at a manuscript from an unagented, completely unknown and unpublished writer. So I was thrilled to bits about that. And I, I sent them the manuscript for what then became the first Kate Morgan mystery, The Corpse with the Silver Tongue. And I, I wrote the manuscript fairly rapidly. The, the story had been percolating in my head for donkey's years, as most novels have, I think, for most authors. You know, you've got all of those years where you're thinking, if I got to write a book, this is what it would be. And then eventually there it is. And then somebody turns around and says, okay, now we'd like the manuscript for the second book in six months' time. And you think, oh... <laughs> No, sure. really? Sure. Why not? I'll just pull that one out of my back pocket then, <laughs> shall I? So um, it was, I, I mean, I was thrilled to bits to get that book, you know, the invitation to provide a manuscript. The manuscript was accepted. It was my first experience of working with an editor and all of that. And what I learned about publishing at that point was very important. And it's one of the most important things I've learned since. Publishers and editors take forever to do anything. Oh, yeah. But once they've done what they want to do, they give it back to you with three and a half seconds to do what you need to do before they want it back <laughs> again. <laughs> so I I learned a lot in short order there. You know, it's it's like hang around and wait, hang around and wait, but be ready to right. do what they need you to do it lightning quick and get it back to them. And it was it was such a process. And I, I sound like a complete idiot, but I knew nothing about any of this when I was doing it. You and Alan were speaking about things like left coast crime and Bochicon and malice domestic. I mean, I, I hate to say it, I'd never heard of those things. And my publisher didn't help me out much in that respect at the time I, I just was a complete not I mean I was way beyond novice I wasn't even a germ of a thought as far as all of this was concerned I hadn't done my homework I didn't know the business I hadn't I didn't have a Facebook page I didn't have a Twitter account not a clue pardon the mystery mystery pun there but I had a book published and I was thrilled to bits. And frankly, that was all that all mattered to me at the time. So it was, um, I, I didn't do things in the traditional manner, which frankly is not unusual for me, but there we are. You know, I love your story about the, um, the 12 months and then the four seasons. It kind of gives me an idea of the chaos in your mind and the one place that you compartmentalize everything. So, you know, it's kind of like, 
you're very cyclical in that respect. And, and four is a very important number. There are four personality types. You know, there are, are all the stages of the moon, the zodiac signs in 12, and so on and so forth. Those are really important numbers. Remind me to play the lottery later on. Although someone just won the big, the big Powerball about you know an hour oh. north of me so, or south of me, oh. so I'm really I know I wish I was best friends with whoever won 386 million dollars, but alas, I know no one from I that hope, area. I hope they're <laughs> very happy spending it. Can you tell that was through gritted teeth? Yes, yes, I could tell. I could tell. I know. I'm, you know, my luck, I'll play, I I play once a year and, you know, I never get anything. So I, I've decided to stop, (laughs) but in the meantime, so now you, did you just recently re-release some of these books? The the Kate books? I did. Yeah. Did you re-release them with new covers? Is that what, what's the difference? Yes. Yeah, the twelve, the twelve sto- the twelve short stories, some of which are actually quite long stories, originally were called Murder Month by Month. But I'll, I'll, I mean, I'll be honest, I I put that book out into the wild as a self-published collection, without an editor, without proper formatting. You got to remember, this was two thousand and seven, and the world of self-publishing was significantly different in those days. Oh yes. Then oh, yeah. the the four the four the four were of course murder season by season. Duh. However, um, within those two volumes, there were these recurring characters. Kate Morgan certainly was one of them. And once I got the contract for the first novel. I I was off on a journey where my my time was not really my own and I had to commit myself to the contracts that I'd signed. There were another set of characters in those two collections, uh, the women of the Wise Inquiries Agency. I was just Uh, getting ready to ask about that. (laughs) And, And they came from that collection as well, as did Detective Inspector Evan Glover. So all of the characters were born in those collections the characters i've dealt with ever since recently therefore because i i do receive lovely emails from lovely people asking me things like how did kate morgan meet bud anderson how did the women of the wise inquiries agency ever get together and decide to become private investigators and so on i'd written those stories and i knew what the answers were to those questions but so many people hadn't read them. So right. I, took the, I took the step back that I had the opportunity to do. I went back to those original manuscripts. I rewrote them. Some of the short stories needed to be dumped because they were, they were contemporary when I wrote them, but things have moved on so much. And right. the, the, the life stories of the characters have changed somewhat as they've developed. So I had a chance to do a do-over. Now, we don't often get that in life, do we? So I grabbed it with both hands, invested in it. I got an editor involved, an editor I'd been working with on other books, uh, who I knew my frame of mind and knew the storytelling voice and all of that. So they were completely rewritten, reworked, re-edited, and then republished the... 12 stories came out as Murder Keeps No Calendar, um, which is Death Keeps No Calendar is is a famous saying, so I thought I'd bring Mm -hmm. it to be murder. And then the four novellas were republished as Murder Knows No Season. So those are refreshed, rewritten, and re-edited, and they're both out in the marketplace now for people who've actually read all the Kate Morgan mysteries, read all the others, and want to go back to the the Genesis stories for those characters. And yes, there was an inspiration from Marvel there because they're very good with their Genesis stories. And I think people do like to go back to the very beginning these days and find out. To figure it all out. Yes, I get it. How they how they turn yeah. into the people that they are, rather than you yeah. know, you have this character that you created. I have one more question, and then I, I promised I wouldn't keep you all night, but I want to. Um, the wrong oh, boy. Welcome. Yeah. Let's talk oh. to, about the wrong boy because this one is very different from all the other books you've written, and um, this one is a standalone book, correct? 
It is, it is kind of, yes. yes. I mean, Kate Morgan's mysteries are traditional whodunit puzzle plot, Christie-like, but contemporary. That, that's how yes. they are. The Wise Inquiries agency mysteries are true British cozies. They, they feature right. four very softly boiled private investigators, nothing like the characters that, that Alan is writing about. They're, they're very British. They're, they're lovely women, and they, they run their business out of a converted barn on a Welsh stately homes estate, and there's the local Welsh village and, and all of that. So they're proper British village mysteries. But The Wrong Boy is a, is a bit of a darker turn for me. It is a standalone novel, but it does, in fact, feature a character from my very first short story. Detective Inspector Evan Glover is in that original short story that I wrote in the ah. parking lot in Baker Street that went wow. on to Radio 4 and is recurring through the short story collection and the novellas. And he's, um, he was my earliest created character and has taken the longest to get a novel written that features him. But in the novel, we find him three days before his retirement from the police force. So The Wrong Boy is not a police procedural. Some people have said it's a bit like Broadchurch. I don't know if you watched Broadchurch, the, the British TV series. Now, that was a police procedural, but what it did was it, it's, it's the sort of story similar to The Wrong Boy where hum, in The Wrong Boy, human remains are found in a remote Welsh clifftop village. And the book is as much about how that discovery affects all the inhabitants of the village as it is about solving the mystery of whose remains they might be and who therefore might have led to that person being dead in the first place. But it's it's much more it, it's not domestic thriller. It's it is there are psychological twists and turns and yes. there is suspense in there. There are elements of all of those more than one genre touches in there. And I really had a chance here to tell a story that I wanted to tell, which wasn't driven by the procedure of the police force. Sure. But took time to look at how murder impacts a whole community. Um, I, I, ha I have that book, by the way, on my Kindle. And um, I remember thinking that, that it, first of all, with all your books, the way your characters sometimes make a very brief appearance and sometimes they show up later on. I like that in a re in series reading in a series. I like to see characters come back because I think it makes the, um, the storytelling much richer knowing that your yes. lead character has these other connections and those other connections still interact with the lead, but wrong boy, the wrong boy was just, something very different it was a very nuanced book um and it felt very emotional i i, I don't know if you intended it yes. to be that way but it felt very emotional to me so I, I did. um and and i i'll tell you i i i will admit that i did use that book to lay some ghosts for myself i was finally ready to be able to write that book and within it, I, I did put a lot of personal experience into that book, although I gave really? that experience spread across several characters, maybe. And um, there's one particular character in there, Nan. The, the, there's the grandmother, the mother, and the daughter yes. who run the village pub. And Nan, yes. the matriarch of the family, the grandmother, um, yep. is... I think a lot of people have a character like her in their life. Someone who's so happy to drop poison into anybody's ear, <laughs> even when they're not wanting to listen to it. They are right. never happier than when they are stirring up trouble that they can step back from and just watch their horrible watch what happens and their poisonous yes. thoughts infect other people and I think sadly most of us know a person like that who is never happier than when they're being miserable and um, and it allowed me to create that character on the page and and let her rip 
in a way that, um, oh, she's not, just not nice. <laughs> well, I, I, you know, when you say it like that, I, I think about people I've come across who are exactly like that. They're not happy unless they're miserable. And, you know, yes. if they're and, miserable, and they're, they're happy. they're happier it's, when they're making other people miserable. Miserable, yes. right. And, and yeah. adding to it, yeah. adding to it. It's like slowly adding a drop of poison every day to someone's, you know, coffee or tea. Um, in your right. bio, you say, write what you know. And, and the reason I bring this up to the end of our show here is because you really have taken that to heart with your books, Kathy. You have written exactly what you know. You've taken bits and pieces of your life and the places that you've traveled and the people that you've met, and you've interspersed them throughout all these wonderful books. And it's truly a joy a joy not only to speak to you but to read your work and it's just been oh. such an honor for me to speak to you i i feel like i've gotten a tutorial on on writing and really putting your heart and soul into it for that i will be forever grateful oh you're lovely you're bringing tears to my eyes now oh i feel oh. like a silly old thing now you are just <laughs> lovely and you do so much for people like me i mean we all sit here putting little bits of ourselves through our fingers onto our keyboards and hoping that people will feel as you have just said you feel when they read them and and you yeah. bring our work to so many people so thank <sighs> you for doing that and for being, oh, for taking your enthusiasm and parlaying it into this ability for us to get our voices heard by people oh any such a significant thing Oh, thank, thank you. you. Now, before we go, I want you to give everyone your website information and where we can find you on social media. And then I have one final question for you when you give us that information. Okay, so it's my name, C-A-T-H-Y-A-C-E, Kathy Ace. And yes, it is my birth name. KathyAce.com is my website. I'm also Kathy Ace author on Facebook if you just want to follow along. Or you can friend me at Kathy Ace. And on Twitter, I couldn't be Kathy Ace because somebody was already Kathy Ace. So I'm at Ace Kathy. That was the closest oh, very I could cute. get. Oh, that's cute. Good. <laughs> You, you did what you had to do. So here's my final question. In between yes. all of your travels, will you come? Uh -huh. please come back to Authors on the Air and guest host one of your favorite writers? Oh, what a lovely idea. I'd love to do that, yes. Oh, as you said, it, all, all these names flitted through my head. And I'm not going to say <laughs> any of them right now. I'm going to save it up. But save yes, I'd love to do that. Yes. I would love to have you have someone like Katrina on or, you know, because <laughs> I love yes. her. Or oh, whoever oh, you Pam, want. If you let me and Katrina loose talking to each other, A, the world will need interpreters for a Welsh woman and a Scots <laughs> woman talking to each other. And B, you better be prepared to not get a word in edgeways because we I, can I dab. I, I wouldn't dare. I would let this would be your show. And I love having Katrina on because she is the most self-deprecating, hysterical, wonderful human being I've ever met. I love her dearly. Think about that and think about other people. And maybe we'll just do a Kathy Ace night every quarter and you can pick and choose whoever you want. Oh, my goodness me. What a thrill. Lovely. Thank you very okay. much. I really appreciate that. What a grand idea. I would love to do that for you, and, and I'd love to be able to sit back and just be the tech for the night and not say a word, you know. <laughs> we'll even find you your own special little Welsh music or something and, and put it on oh. in the opening. <laughs> oh, careful now. Might end up being a rugby song. You never know. That's okay, too. Not that I know anything about rugby. I actually had to look it well, up on YouTube clearly, to see what the game looked if like. You do any <laughs> If you knew anything about rugby songs, you would not have said that would be okay. Never mind. You know, Let's not go there. This is internet radio. They don't care what we say on here. Oh. <laughs> oh, my goodness. This has been one of the most fun nights I've had in a long time. My friend Kathy Ace and then my other friend Alan Orloff, who, who so generously popped in, and, and it so happens that Kathy and Alan know each other. I hope you go and get the books. What is your current title right now? What would you recommend everybody start reading Kathy Ace books with? 
Well, it, <laughs> I would say start with the short stories and the uh, novellas because then you can decide which direction appeals to you most, whether you're a Kate Morgan who done it, whether you're the cozy private eyes, or whether you're the slightly darker police detective-led stories. So you could start with uh, Murder Knows No Calendar, uh, Murder Keeps No Calendar, Murder Knows No Season, and then you'll be in at the beginning, and you can go off and follow whichever series you want. There's a new Kate Morgan coming out at the end of this June. The Corpse with the Crystal Skull is going to be book number nine in the series, so people have got lots of time if that's their thing that they want. They've got all that time to read all eight books and be ready for the end of June when the new one comes out. It's set in Jamaica, by the way. Oh, wonderful. Um, so my sister-in-law's from Jamaica, and I've been there a million times. Her family is still oh, there. Yeah. Um, I, I'm i so glad you came on. Will you come back when your new book launches regardless, besides when you're, having, you're going to guest host your own show? I would love to do that. I would absolutely love to. We can sit and have saltfish and ackee together. There you go. Exactly. Thank you so much, Kathy Ace, for being with me tonight. I just adore you. You're so much fun, and we really have to do this more often. We will. We will. Okay. We shall. We shall. (laughs) Well, sure thing, lady. Y'all just come on back now here. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you so much, listeners, for being with me. And uh, go and get Kathy Ace's books and Alan Orloff. They are excellent writers. You won't be disappointed. And thank you, Mom and Dad. Good night, all. I'll see you later. (laughs) 